0: Good morning to everyone. If you would open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We continue our study in the book of Ephesians beginning in chapter 5 this morning. Before we begin, let's bow before our Lord and seek his blessing. Our Father, we bow before you this morning, grateful and thankful hearts. How thankful we are that out of your goodness and mercy and grace to your people, that you've given us another opportunity to meet together, to open and read and study your word, to, to seek our Lord Jesus Christ in your word. Father, I pray that you would bless us in, in our attempts to worship this morning, that you would be pleased to meet with us in the person of your spirit and, Father, enable us to worship. Take your word as it's preached and apply your word to the hearts of your people. Give each one of us here this morning the, that awesome gift of faith that we might hear and believe on our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you'd be with us in this class this morning, in our children's classes, wherever your word might be being preached this morning, Father. Bless it for your great namesake. And bless it, Father, for our sake. The world in which we live is such a a dark, dark place. Father, we beg of you that you cause the, the light of your glory to shine forth in the land by the preaching of Christ our Savior. And Father, we pray a special blessing for those who are in times of great trial, difficulty, and sorrow. We pray a special blessing for the brother of our, or the family of our brother Cecil, Father, that you'd comfort their hearts with your presence. And all these things we ask and we give thanks in that name which is above every name. It's the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. For his sake and his glory we pray. Amen. Amen. I've titled our lesson this morning, Be an Imitator of God. Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Paul says be a follower of God, and that word follower means imitator. Be an imitator of God. And you notice he says therefore, which that applies to the to the verse that uh, is previous to that, since God has for Christ's sake forgiven you of for your sin. Since Christ has suffered and died to put your sin away. Be an imitator of God. Now that, that might sound strange to some folks. You know, there's obvious characteristics of God we cannot imitate. We could never imitate God's power, could we? God's omnipresence. I do good to be in one place at one time, much less being everywhere at the same time. We can't imitate that. We can't imitate God's wisdom. How I pray for wisdom every day. Just there's so Todd and and I were talking about it yesterday, I told him there's a great you could write a great big book about the stuff I don't understand. I pray for wisdom. We we can't imitate God's wisdom. We can't imitate God's immutability. I change from second to second, you know. We can't imitate God's eternality. We're still just a vapor. That's all we are. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can imitate God's love. Now, we can't imitate it perfectly, but just because you can't imitate it perfectly, don't, don't let that stop you from trying. Don't let that stop you from imitating God's love. I know we can't love sinners like God loves them. You know, we can't love our enemies like God loves his enemies. Christ loved those who sinned against him, who were his enemies so much that he suffered and died for them. Now this flesh finds that impossible. doesn't. it? But we can still make the effort. We can make the effort to love our enemies. And to pray for our enemies as our Lord commanded us to do. And we can imitate Christ's love to us. By imitating that love. And showing that love. Demonstrating that love. To other people. Especially to our brethren. And our text this morning gives us two very good reasons to imitate Christ's love for us. Number one is this. Imitate Christ's love because of what Christ has done for you. Paul tells us in verse two, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Now the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself. Himself. He gave all that he is. He gave body and soul to redeem his people from their sin. He gave his body, didn't he? He gave his cheek to the smiters. He gave his back to those that would be him. He gave his body and he gave his soul. He made his soul an offering for sin. He gave himself to save his people from their sin. And I tell you why he did it. It's for love's sake love always gives you just can't hold back something from someone that you love can you and we can imitate Christ's love by giving by giving to others giving of our time giving of our care giving to help God's people giving to support the ministry so that the word of, of, of the gospel might be preached we can we can imitate Christ's love by giving because we love Christ because we, and because he first loved us. You know, the sacrifice of Christ demonstrated his love, his love for his people. Now, Paul says, walk in love as Christ has loved you. Now, the word loved, Paul uses here, is different than the word love. The word love, he uses, walk in love, that's instruction to us. That's talking about our love. That word love means love toward God. And it means a brotherly love. But the word loved is a different word. As Christ also hath loved us, that word loved means to delight in. It means to prize. It means to exhibit goodwill. You know why a believer walks in love toward God? And we walk, why we would have any desire to walk in brotherly love? It's because God first loved us. It's because God, this is amazing capacity that God has to love sinners. He delighted in his people. He prized his people. There is, he calls them my jewels. He prized those people so much that he exhibited goodwill toward them. And you know how he exhibited goodwill toward his people? By sending his son to be the sacrifice for their sin. He did that so that the people that he loved, the people that he prized, would be saved from their sin. Look at 1 John chapter 4. If we ever get any taste of or sense of that love, that will make us walk in love, in love toward God, and make us walk in brotherly love. Here's, Here's the love I'm talking about. 1 John 4 verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Now, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. This walking in love toward God and, and brotherly love, that's verse 11, isn't it? Well, verse 11 is the result of verses 9 and 10, isn't it? That God loved. He prized his people. And demonstrated that love. By sacrificing his son. For the sin of his people. Now when it came time. To redeem God's people from their sin. The Lord Jesus Christ. Gave. The most precious gift. That's ever been given. He gave himself. I just. I just, It's this amazes me every time I think about it. I studied this this week. It's just so amazing to he He gave himself to be sacrificed for the sin of his people. Because he loved them. They're an unlovable, vile, guilty people. Yet he loved them so much. He gave himself for them. And this giving of himself is so encompassing. He gave himself, first of all, to be made flesh, didn't he? dwell among us. How he humbled himself to be made flesh and dwell among us. Then he gave himself to be made sin. He gave his holy self to be made sin for his people. He gave himself. He took the sin of his people into his own body on the tree. And boy, he paid a price for doing it. He knew what he was doing. He knew the price that he would pay and he willingly took the sin of his of his people into his own body on the tree. When Christ was made sin for his people he had to be sacrificed for that sin. God's justice demanded it. He had to suffer and die for that sin to put that sin away by his own precious blood. He had to give himself. He had to shed his life's blood to wash his people white as snow the only way they could be washed white as snow is in his blood the blood of his sacrifice and that sacrifice the sacrifice of God's son was accepted by his father Paul calls it in our text a sweet smelling savor the awful bloody torture and sacrifice of Christ is it is more horrible than we can really think of. but in his dying agony, something it's just so so horrible that scripture says his visage was marred more than any other man. it would just be hard to look at, just physically hard to look at, much less if, you, if we had any glimpse of what was happening when he made his soul an offering for sin. His scripture says that awful, bloody sacrifice was a sweet smell to the father. A sweet smell. Now that's a statement. Now I'll tell you why that sacrifice was a sweet smell to the father. Because the father is holy. And the sacrifice of Christ satisfied God's holy justice. There must be death for sin. Now, there's all kinds of sacrifices for sin in the Old Testament, weren't there? Animal sacrifices, sacrifices that were offered as pictures of Christ, but none of those were a sweet smell to God. But the blood of Christ, that was a sweet smell to the Father. Because the blood of Christ atoned for sin, put away the sin that offends God's holiness. That's why Isaiah wrote, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the father to bruise his son. It pleased the Lord's justice to bruise him. It pleased the Lord's justice. It pleased his holy character. The very nature of God was pleased by bruising his son as a sacrifice for the sin of his people. It pleased the father's justice. But you know what else it pleased? Sacrifice of Christ. It pleased the Lord's mercy. It pleased the Lord's grace to bruise him. And Christ made himself a sacrifice for sin. He put away the sin of his people and made it right for God to show mercy and grace to his people. The sacrifice of Christ pleased God's mercy and God's grace. You see, God, since he's holy, since he's just, he can only be merciful in justice. And that can only happen by the sacrifice of Christ. His suffering, his death satisfied the father. And enabled him to be just. And still justify sinners like you and me. Now if Christ suffered like that for you. If he suffered for your sin. He suffered like that because he loves you. I'm telling you. Your heart will be moved. Salvation is a whole lot more than emotion. But there's emotion. <laughs> there's emotion to it. If Christ sacrificed himself like that for you, your heart will be moved in love. In love for God. And it will be moved in love for your brethren. You just won't be able to ignore them. You won't be able to keep yourself separated from them. Because the, the sacrifice of Christ moves your heart in love. To love people in general? Certainly. But especially your brothers especially those of the household of God, it'll move your heart to be knit together with them. You know, Christ loved his people so much that he gave himself for them for this reason, that his people might be brought to God. Now, Christ sacrificed himself for you because he loves you. Because he came for you on purpose to suffer and die for you. You love him. And how did he tell you of his love for you? It's by the preaching of the gospel. It's by the preaching of Christ. That's how you found out about all this. God let you in on it by the preaching of the gospel. Well, you love God. You love Christ. You love your brethren. And you love the gospel. Well, this is one of the big reasons, since Christ sacrificed himself that he might bring us to God. This is one of the big reasons that we want to support the gospel and to, to help other people. It is our heart's desire that the lost hear of Christ. And that they hear of Christ and they be brought to the Father. You know, some of the lost are our loved ones. There are children, there are relatives, there are loved ones, people that we know and been around a long time. We love them. The people in our community, maybe there's people in the community, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. But I live in this community. I care about this community. I want people in this community to hear of Christ. You know, God hasn't given us this gospel. That we can, you know, sit on it and, and hide out here, you know, just waiting for the Lord to return like we're hiding, you know, from the, the Nazis or something. You know, we're just trying. No, we want the gospel of Christ to be spread. We want people to hear of Christ. And the reason is we love him because he first loved us. That's why. You know, it, it is the love of Christ to give sinners a good hope through grace because it's the love that Christ had for his people that moved himself to sacrifice himself for them. And I'm telling you, hearing of that sacrifice, now that reaches the heart. It It, it reaches the heart to move move us in love for our brethren, love for people, to put our shoulders to this thing together. And boy, it also comforts the hearts of believers, doesn't it? To be reminded that the Son of God loved you so much, He sacrificed Himself for you. Good chance, either right now or very soon, you're going to find yourself in a dark, dark place. You know what will comfort you at that time? Being reminded, Christ sacrificed you. He loves you. That'll comfort your heart. And we can imitate that love. This is what Paul's telling us now. Imitate that love by comforting the heart of your brethren. Find a way. Just find a way. Find a way to comfort the hearts of your brethren. People find a way to do what it is that they want to do. Now they do. Then find a way to comfort your brother. Go spend some time with them. Take them out to lunch. Call them. Send them a card. Send, send them a, a text. You know, maybe people don't send cards anymore. Send them a text. If they're in need, give them what they need. Whether it's bodily, whether it's emotionally, or whether it's spiritually. Give them what they need. And do it because you love them. Do it because you're imitating. Christ's love for you. And if you've got to sacrifice some of, you, some of your time and some of your comfort and some of your effort to do it, do it. That's what Paul's talking about here. Be an imitator of God's love for you. And this is not just a one time thing. Paul says walk in it. Walk in love. And that word means be occupied with it. Be Make it your occupation. Be an imitator of Christ. To walk in love. Showing other people that you love them. That's being an imitator of God's love. And we do it. Why? Because of what he's done for us. That's mighty good motivation. Mighty good. But here's the second reason. Be an imitator of Christ's love. Because you are a child of God. You already are. Paul says Verse one, be be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, as dear children. Be an imitator of God because you're a dear child of God. And that phrase, dear children, means a beloved child, a beloved child. Be a beloved child. I'm very thankful. I know something about having a beloved child. I got two of them. Beloved. Oh, how they're beloved. And this I can tell you about a beloved child. They're not rebelling against their parents. A beloved child is doing what his parents have taught him to do. That's a beloved child. Well, how does a person get to be a child of God? Well, first of all, because God chose them, and because God adopted them by his will, by his purpose, by his grace, he adopted them into his family. They're born sons of Adam and he adopted them into his family. God did. Now, you think about that statement. Almighty God adopted the likes of you and me. Into his family. Into the family of God let that roll around in your mind and your heart for a minute. That ought to make us so filled with love and thanksgiving that that would make me want to do anything I can to imitate that love. Because he's made me his child. Oh, I want to imitate his love. And second... Here's how you become a child of God. Our heavenly father birthed us into his family. He both adopted us and birthed us into his family. But in order to birth a sinner into the family of God, the father first had to take care of their sin. We can't be in the family of God like we are, the son of Adam, the daughter of Adam. Our sins got to be put away. And the only way like we've just been looking at, the only way that can happen is by the sacrifice of God's only begotten son the suffering that our Savior endured at Calvary is unimaginable. And the Father is the one causing him all that suffering. But he did that so the sin of his people, the people that he loved could be put away. And after our sins put away, after this matter of sins taken care of, now the Holy Spirit come and cause us to be born again, born again into the family of God. Born again with the nature of our heavenly father in the new birth. You know, God the father sacrificed God the son so that he could birth the likes of you and me in his family. Now again, just let that roll around in your mind and your heart for a minute. God did all that to birth the likes of us into his family. Don't you reckon that ought to draw a response from us? If it doesn't draw a response from us, I'm pretty certain we haven't been born again. We're certainly not given any evidence of it. Hereby shall all men know that you're my disciples that you have love one to another. Almighty God birthed his people into his family. Now, love and gratitude and awe ought to make us want to do anything we can to imitate his love. (laughs) And here's a big key now. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Imitate Christ's love for you. Because you are a child. Because you are. Not because you're trying to do something so that you'll please God. He'll make you one of his children. No. You imitate your father. Be an imitator of God because you already are his child. See that? Your children almost always act like their parents. Almost always. Even if they don't want to, they tend to, it's very rare if they don't, imitate their parents. You know why? They got their nature. (laughs) They got their nature. So they almost always imitate their parents. Well, child of God, listen to me now. This is important. Paul took the time to to write this in in this great epistle. Imitate your father, which is in heaven, because he's already given you his nature. In the new birth, he's given you his nature. Now act on it. Imitate him. The Father has made you a partaker of the divine nature. He's given you his nature. Now walk in it. Act in it. Look at it over at first Peter chapter one. 1 Peter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, as obedient children, as one of these beloved children that Paul's talking about as a beloved child. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. In all manner of conversation, because it's written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, Peter's saying the same thing Paul's saying. This is very, very important for us to get. Peter doesn't say, be holy, act holy, so that you can make yourself holy. He doesn't say, do something so that you can be holy. He says, be holy because you are. See that? Be holy because you are a child of God. Be holy because you have a holy nature that's been given to you in the new birth. And since you have that nature, now be an imitator of your father, which is in heaven, and show that love. Walk in that love. In in love for God and walk in. Be occupied with loving your brother. Be occupied in it. Put some effort. Everybody either has a job or has had a job. We were talking about having a work ethic yesterday. You know, you you got an occupation. Boy, you got to put effort into it, don't you, Sean? You got to put effort into it. This is the believer's occupation. Walk in love. And I wish I could tell you it was an easy occupation. Sometimes we're not lovable. If I don't act lovable, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But be occupied in walking in love and try to get past it. <laughs> you See what I'm saying? Be occupied in it. John says that in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that, that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. If you've been born again, you know God. That lov- Now act on it. He that loveth not, he, he is not does not walk in this love, does not seek to show this love, doesn't know God. For God is love. I and mean, that's how serious this thing is. Look at verse 16. And we have known and believed The love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Now, if God dwells in you, God is love. If he dwells in you, if he's put your nature in you, show it. Show it. By walking in love. Showing your love, your care, your concern, your deep affection for the people here. You know, children imitate their parents, first of all, because they got their parents' nature. Second of all, children imitate their parents because of what they see their parents do. And I'll give you a good example of this. When Becky and I were little, I mean, little enough is before Jonathan was born, at a certain time, now we couldn't just do it anytime we wanted on a Saturday morning, but at a certain time, mom would let us go in and jump in bed with dad and we'd wake him up and we'd wake on saturday morning we'd wake him up and he'd lay there and talk to us and it was just such a great time and we would go in there and do that and i noticed this every saturday morning we'd wake dad up he'd lay there and he maybe he'd sit up and he'd just scratch his head all over every saturday morning I finally asked him, I said, Dad, why do you do that? And he said, I don't know. He said, I didn't even know I did it. He said, I guess to wake my scalp up. Maybe I was seven, eight years old. Guess what Frankie started doing every morning? And guess what I do to this day? First thing I get up in the morning, now it's just habit. Now I just do it. Wake my scalp up. Feels good. But you know why I started doing it? I was imitating my dad. My dad was my hero. And I'm a mighty poor imitation. But that don't stop me from trying. That don't stop me from imitating. That's what Paul is telling God's dear children. Imitate your father. You see what he's doing. You see what he's done for you. Now imitate it. He's forgiven you. You be forgiven. He's loved you. You be loving. He went out of his way to find you a lost sheep and put you on his shoulder and bring you back to the fold. You go out of your way to find your brothers and sisters and help them. Oh, the Lord's been patient. Had he been patient with you? Be patient with others. You've seen the Lord be kind to his enemies. Seek to be kind to your enemies. You know, the Lord makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. He's kind, didn't he? Seek to be kind. Be giving. Lord, how, what is the Lord? What do you have Lord didn't give you? Not one blessed thing. You've seen the Lord be giving. Then you be giving. The Lord giving you to just hand over fist just you every person here can say with david my cup runneth over you've seen your father be generous now be generous be a follower of god as dear children by imitating his love for us all oh, right I hope that'll be a blessing to you